Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we explore an active self-care lifestyle. My name is Andrew Weir. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is more than just going for a run or a bike ride. These are conversations with others, exploring how we take initiative to care for ourselves in whatever way may feel best for us as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. This is episode 32, and today on our episode, we've got two guests that are returning, uh, Reverend Sarah Locke and Lindsay Geis. Both of them have been on before. Sarah was our first guest, and Lindsay was on episode 23. So uh, both of these ladies have an awesome, awesome background as we continue to look. We've heard both of their stories now together, the three of us kind of dive into and look a little bit more into some of these terms, some of these ideas, some of these concepts that I started doing with Glenn last week. As I said, in this time where I haven't had any guest recordings, I wanted to bring these types of episodes to you. Next week, we will have another conversation with a guest, but for this week, we're going to dive into uh, some more diving into these ideas, these themes of self-care. And uh, so let's dive in and hear what these two awesome women have to say. All right. So as I promised uh, last week and at the top of, in the intro to this episode, uh, this week I've got a couple of guests on. I want to continue in this time of exploring what is self-care, unpacking like terms, ideas, understandings, bringing on previous guests, bringing on new folks who can help us to unpack these ideas while we continue to hear those conversations around what self-care is like in other people's lives. Uh, and so today, again, we have back Lindsay and Sarah. Uh, Lindsay, uh, remind the folks who you are. Hey, everybody. Uh, Reverend Lindsay Geist. I am a pastor in the North Georgia Conference um, and serve at the conference office as the director of well-being, which means that I work with clergy, uh, focusing on making sure that they are staying healthy and have access to uh, all the mental health resources that they need. And Sarah, remind the folks who you are. Sure. Hi. Um, hi, guys. I am um, Reverend Sarah Locke, and I am a uh, elder in the Virginia Conference. I serve full-time as the pastor at Hickory United Methodist Church in South Chesapeake. So if you ever go to the Outer Banks, you pass us, and you can always honk. We'll wave back. <laughs> Beautiful little church right there as you're driving down to the Outer Banks. It really is. Um uh, Sarah was our first guest on this podcast, so uh, I'm so excited to have her back on here to help us break down some of these terms. Uh, but I want to start where I did last week with Glenn and just kind of put up in the air, what is self-care? I'll let for you go first, Lynn. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I have spent some time studying this, because uh, it's a topic that has fascinated me for a long time. Uh, self-care these days seems to be referencing uh, going to get a massage, getting your nails done, uh, mm. you know, going on some sort of expensive vacation, um, a pint of ice cream on a bad day. Uh, that's how we've started talking about self-care. Uh, and I don't think that that really does the concept justice. Uh, Self-care is really about what are we doing to be the healthiest versions of us? Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the wellness industry has really taken the word by storm and uh, twisted it in some ways, which I think is what has led to so much confusion over the last few years of what should I even be doing that counts as self-care? Mm-hmm. No, that's really helpful to me, Lindsay. I will say for me, self-care has, has a lot of baggage. Um, in, in its, its words. So, um, I, I, as I shared in the episode I was on before, I've struggled with obesity and, um, as an adult. And so as I was coming through the process to become a pastor, um, was told over and over again that, um, in order to be a good pastor, I needed to practice good self-care, which came with a definition, right? The definition was a healthier weight, um, an active lifestyle and had a lot to do with what I ate. And it had very little to do with um, health, right? It was about, at least in my perception, and, and you know, and I think some well-meaning people did care about my health for sure. But like the perception was I needed to fit a, per, a certain mold. Um, and so when self-care was talked about, um, it was, you know, what are you eating? How are you exercising? And how are you dealing with your weight problem? And so um, it has taken me a long time to come to self-care as a holistic understanding for my own ability to function as a human being the way Jesus wants me to. Um, and, and so, uh, one thing that was really helpful for me in the idea of self-care a while back was, um, another one of our colleagues, um, uh, who, um, Rachel, oh my gosh, Phillips, Rachel Phillips talked about in a, in a conversation we had around, um, asking the question daily, what do I need? And so mm-hmm. what is it that I need daily to, um, to love myself well, to love my family well, to love my church well, to love Jesus well first. And, um, and so self-care for me has changed in that it's answering that question so that, you know, I can, I can show up as the person God made me to be. I really love that part of that is you checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I should have said that like, I'm also a licensed clinical social worker. So trained as a therapist. And a lot of the times that I have worked with individuals, uh, I have encouraged people to pause Mm -hmm. and kind of notice their body, their thoughts, their emotions, uh, and really figure out what are you thinking, feeling, and experiencing at this moment, uh, to also figure out what do you need at this moment? What feels drained? What feels full? Um, Mm -hmm. And checking in with yourself to do that. So I love that question, Sarah. And and I continue to think as, as we dive into both of those of this manner of both presence and kindness to ourselves that we've talked about before Mm -hmm. in this community. And I think those are ideas that Mm -hmm. came forth when we kind of started bringing forth ideas for, for this concept of bringing forth these terms, it's never helpful when we try and set one ideology on something, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be this way because Mm -hmm. we inherently all understand that every human is created individually, right? God creates us all. We're all created in God's image, but we're all created as our own individual selves. And I think that that becomes an important thing to name as we talk about self-care because my self-care may look like, you know, 5'11", 210 pounds. Not everyone's going to look like that, right? That's not going to be everybody's manner of self-care. But if we truly feel like we're caring for ourselves and we're offering ourselves that kindness and that sense of presence, 
which I agree with Lindsay in saying that I love that that's part of, that would be part of your self-care routine is having that presence and then, and then intentionally checking in on yourself of, okay, what's happening. You know, I think back to, um, you know, at the end of John Wesley's day when he would say and, and ask himself, you know, how have I grown today? Or it was something like that. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> uh, but it, it always uh, intrigues me the way in which self-care can be off, often that personal reflection time that we take each and every day. Um, and, and Sarah, yours brings up sort of this idea that, that you put forth in the Facebook message or the Facebook post comment uh, when I put the post out there was when we're talking about diving into self-care, it's really trying to understand, you know, kind of where Glenn and I went last week of, you know, what is this idea of talking about self-care versus soul care? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what does it mean to take care of our soul and ourself? And, and for our listeners and for you ladies who, who listened to Glenn's episode last week, you know, we named the nature of, Glenn and I named the nature of soul care, at least for us, as, as recognizing the way in which we're in relationship with God. And that then gives us this idea of practicing a, a way in which we love ourselves as well. And I'd love to hear, you know, where does that perspective come for you all? Yeah. So um, I asked the question because I'm wrestling with it to some extent yeah. um, and in ministry in the local church, because I think the church has long term talked at least some about soul care and our spiritual life and our walk with God and disconnected that from our self care um, mm-hmm. and asked people to give a lot of themselves, maybe without, you know, in some unhealthy ways, too. And so um, it's it's a given that I'm going to talk about. In, you know, on Sunday morning, like you need to spend time with God and you need to be in your scriptures. Like that's something a pastor is supposed to say, but mm-hmm. to say also like you, for your soul to be healthy, you need to have healthy relationships for your soul to be healthy. You need to move your body some for your soul to be healthy, like your mind to be healthy. It matters how your gut is, right? And like what you eat. And so, um, that's not something we talk about, but it should be integrated. Like our soul care includes our body care. And I'm a little hesitant around this idea of self right now. I'm really struggling with um, self as maybe a secular way of defining ourselves. Um, whereas I, I don't know if soul's the right word because soul sometimes gets divided from body, but there's got to be a word that's more encompassing <laughs> too and not really individualistic like self because it's a community thing we're doing. I mean, I, I do think, I think it. Yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. Oh, I was just going to say that I I do think that we have talked about the soul in such a disconnected way from our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the church has talked about soul care uh, at times as kind of like rescuing souls. Like we need to mm-hmm. save people. Um, and, and we don't ever really talk about if somebody's well-being and like overall self mind body spirit is peaceful and healthy uh we sometimes imply that just like having a relationship with god automatically makes everything else healthy and fine mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't think that's true like i know a lot of people that really love god um know jesus intimately and have depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And that doesn't, like, again, I think that we have talked about soul care as, like, there's going to be a magical fix. Mm -hmm. And then instead of talking about it as it is continual checking in and maintenance work uh, and ebbs and flows in our Mm -hmm. lives. And I wonder if maybe, you know, this might be putting a lot on Sarah and I, who are probably in the pulpit a bit more often than Lindsay, but I wonder if pastors were more willing to preach that sense and understanding that it is a a multi-step, multi-faceted nature in which, you know, you need Jesus and a therapist, right? You, you, <laughs> yes. You can't. And, and and I say that because that's that's something you know I, I've been trying to develop a sermon series on self care. It's not like I have people who send stuff to me and they're like, "Oh, I did a sermon series on Sabbath." I'm like, "No, I'm like that's going to be one week. This is going to be like on everything um, as much as I can get." And and I was doing I was trying to conceptualize the week on you know sort of mental health and around that idea of Jesus and I started thinking through scripture of, of what is a good time that like someone went to someone in the Bible went to friends or a family member and the friends, friends, family, or or like someone, someone, anyone, some sort of therapist, psychological type figure and like received help for that. Um, you know, I, you can point to Job, but Job's friends were, were, were not, not great. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know. Well, and oftentimes Jesus is doing the cleanup work for what other people have rejected. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. People's mental health, right? Um, and their anxiety or, you know, you think the woman at the well, right? People have, um, I have a hang up with her anyway because she gets such a bad rap and, uh, women couldn't divorce. So, uh, you know, she's been left five times. And so the solution mm-hmm. is to abandon her altogether. Right. And so he comes and he sees her and suddenly she finds joy and meaning and purpose again. Right. But um, yeah, there's so many stories where Jesus or, you know, where, where God is filling the gap for mm-hmm. where mental health care has not happened. And I wonder if that's just maybe not a lack of biblical understanding, but even to see someone like Jesus sit there and sit with a woman, I almost wonder what it would be like for us to understand that not in the divinity of Jesus, but in the humanity mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. that the human Jesus is sitting mm-hmm. with that person right there. Yeah. And then I maybe, also, yeah, go ahead. I also think about how many times Jesus went to rest. Mm-hmm. That we don't know what Jesus was doing in all of those moments of rest. Uh, what, but I'm, I would like to believe that Jesus was needing to step away. I mean, I always laugh. Maybe Jesus was a really strong introvert and was like, I am over these people. I need to take a step away. Um, I think it's biblical or, sound right there. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, anytime we're with that many people that need you, it's exhausting. And, and so I think about how intentional Jesus was about rest in mm-hmm. some capacity. And what would that be like for us to create that intentionality that if we rest and pause, 
maybe that means a lot of the check-in of how is my body, mind, and spirit doing. Um, And doing a quick scan of ourselves. Maybe he did kind of that personal retreat and inventory. Like, how am I doing? How, how am I talking to, you know, how am I talking to God lately? Uh, how am I, is my body exhausted? Am I, um, you know, I, I like to think about Jesus's humanity in such ways, like Jesus going, I probably need to stretch more as I'm getting older. Like I'm getting worn out a lot more easily doing this kind of work or nobody's listened to me lately. Where can I go to talk about this? And, and so I like thinking about those kind of biblical stories too, that there is so much that scripture hasn't captured. Mm -hmm. Uh, but so much that we, uh, can kind of know from the ways that scripture has taught us up into those moments that we can have ideas of what was happening in those moments. Yeah. Jesus is like the rest of us. He hit 30 and his body just immediately started falling <laughs> apart. I, um, I'm watching a colleague right now who's in Israel. Um, Brandon Robbins is, is doing a hiking tour through Israel right now, like 10 to 15 miles a day. Mm. And I'm so like, that's on my bucket list now. But um, to think about the physical exertion just in what Jesus did day to day and what his, what his disciples did uh, and the, the, the shape, you know, right. Like, not just like, like the, like they had strength, physical strength and endurance um, that while um, I really had, I struggled through my provisional period and all that with, with um, weight, I also like see the rightness of um, wanting, you know, to be strong physically too. And you see that in scripture and, uh, and that's a beautiful thing too. And so if, if we're trying to not wrap up, but we're trying to really conceptualize the self and the soul mm-hmm. um, and, and, and really taking care out of the equation for a moment, not that care isn't important, but I think that's the common word, right? We're trying to do math here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're looking at like self and soul, I think it's in the understanding that neither one is, is really above the other but they're both needed at the same time. And I think it's in being able to really understand both that we become better able to care for both. Um, because when, when our soul is in a good place, and like I said last week with Glenn, when we understand and have that relationship with God and that's strong, then we know the understanding of the deservedness to care for ourselves in that same breath. And when we understand and know the deservedness to care for ourselves, then we know that we are loved by God. Um, and so for us, what is what does this look like played out in our lives? And that's like, I mean, that's a that's just a big question. That's you know, yeah. we're at we're at seventeen minutes in, by the way. So this might be the no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I um, so I, I I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. Woo-hoo. Right? Like, who I am, right? And so it is so easy for me to fall into like, I did this, check, I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in every sense of the word, like with my scripture, with my meditation time, with yoga, with run, like whatever it may be. And um, and I, I was just reading today in um, Tempered Resilience by Tom Todd Olsinger. He um talks about um Jesus is affirmed before he does anything. 
right? So Jesus Mm. is baptized. God says, hey, you're my son. You are beloved. I'm already happy with you. I'm already Mm -hmm. pleased with you. And, um, And so that for me has to be, when we talk about soul or self, that has to be our identity first, that we are, we are God's beloved child. We've God is already pleased. And so the way I care for myself is not because I want to achieve something or because I want to feel like I'm good or special or, um, or just good enough. Um, it's really about, I want to take care of this thing that God gave me, this body, this soul, this self, and so that I can give it back, you know, in service and love. Um, I think that's that's a starting place. I think maybe lay people need to hear too, like because mm-hmm. I think they could hear this as as negative too. Like you're not you're not taking care of yourself. Your blood sugar's high, or you've get, you know it's like going to the doctor. We don't want the like our conversations at church become shameful like it is when you go see the doctor. Well, is there a? I, I wonder how to ask this question because I think it is one that you kind of handle very timidly, but in a way, how do we care? How do we care for the body, the physical body? Like what is the, what is the responsibility on us to care for the physical body? And what does that look like? And I say that as someone who one of their main reasons for running is then the ability to consume calories. (laughs) Um, and, and they're laughing. I'm not because, and this is something that I've wrestled with. Like, you know, I love tacos. I love Chinese food. I love Filipino food. I love pizza. I mean, I love a lot of things that have a lot of carbs, that have a lot of calories, and I have no intentions of stop eating them. But I also know that, you know, high blood pressure runs in my family. I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, heart disease runs in my family. I, you know, I have all these understandings. And so, I mean, what does it, what does it look like to care for our body? And I mean, and then the second almost rhetorical question is is whose job is it to really be the gatekeeper of whose body is the best? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I would often say that, like, I like I get to decide what's good for my body, um, and like, and that comes with having conversations with doctors, and and my doctor saying, you know, hey, Andrew, you're running sixty miles a week is probably going to like do terrible things for your hips and knees, um, or. Hey, and so maybe it's understanding who those experts, quotation marks, are that can help us in understanding what a healthy lifestyle for me looks like. Because I also know that according to my BMI, I'm obese. Um, According to most people's BMI. Because BMIs, we could have a long conversation about uh, how that is an incorrect way. Um, in a harmful way and, too often. Uh, and I'll say, and I'll say that, that yeah. when I got, when I was a candidate, you know, it was, it was brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's nothing against my, my district committee. That's nothing against anything, but you know, I mean, what does it look like for us to have those conversations to know and understand what's healthy for me? How do we have those mm-hmm. conversations? I think that's something that we are, we are pretty bad at, um, both as the church and society, um, Mm -hmm. that we have, we are people that like prescriptions where it's like, there is one way that equals health because then we have Mm -hmm. achievable goals and you can either check Mm -hmm. it off 
or you don't. So um, I even think about like people coming to counseling oftentimes are asking like, is this right or wrong? Yeah. We have gotten into this full binary thinking that uh, there is a magical thing that means when we're healthy or we're not. Um, and, uh, you know, thinking about running 60 miles a week. Okay. Is that great for you? Not great for you. Well, there's more dimensions than, is it good for your body? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, I love to run because it is my space for my brain to keep processing things. Um, when I am stressed or emotionally exhausted, my running will help my brain kind of shake it out. Uh, whether I'm actively thinking on my run or not, it it is all very combined. Mm-hmm. Um, I laugh that you know if I've had a hard day because you can look at the mileage mm-hmm. uh, that I run a lot further when I need to keep working something out of my body and my mind. Uh, is Is that good or bad? Maybe it's not an either or. It is me recognizing the purpose of what that's serving for me in that moment. So yes, it might be a little harder on my body one week. Uh, as long as it is not at a level that is going to be catastrophically terrible, maybe mm. there's an ebb and flow that yes, I work my body a little harder one week because it is a way to keep my mind healthy that week. Uh, the thinking of all of these things working together uh, for uh, just our overall well-being, that it's not just one thing or the other. We should just term it, it's, it's now termed as holistic care. There's no more self-care, no more soul care. We're just holistically caring for everything. <laughs> um, and, and I think that that, I mean, I think it really encompasses because when we, when we think about trying to break it down, I mean, like, if you're going to talk about care, there's, you know, physical, there's mental, there's emotional, there's spiritual. I mean, there, there's so many facets to this lifestyle of, of how we're caring for ourselves. Um, I mean, honestly, sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming. And I wonder if sometimes that's something that might prevent people from doing it is someone says, well, I have a hard enough time sometimes just caring for my body, let alone, you know, my mind. Um, let alone trying to really focus on a personal relationship with God um, and and following through on things like that. Yeah, I definitely think the over, that there can be an overwhelming nature to this conversation, um, especially if you're struggling with, uh, if you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with um, uh, maybe obesity, or you're struggling with an addiction of some sort it, it can feel like I have to change all these things all at the same time so that I can be healthy. Whereas I think maybe the conversation is really should be just like, what small faithful step can I take today to be, you know, my best self. Um, Cause I think when you get, when the conversation gets too big, it, it's, it, it's not accessible um, for folks. I think about what capacity we have that, that as you were saying, Sarah, that it's not accessible to everybody. Uh, there's also weeks where I check in with myself that 
it's like, okay, I only have so much time or capacity or bandwidth this week. Mm-hmm. What part of me needs the most care and attention? Mm-hmm. And so there are weeks that I, there was a few weeks ago where I didn't run at all that week, even though that's often my way to process. Because as I did a personal check-in with myself, I said, you know what I need more than that? is I need to like rest and call a friend or sit and read a book Um, because the nature of work that week had almost been so um, emotionally exhausting of caring for lots of other people uh, that I really needed to find a way to just pause and pour into me. Um, And I knew that my capacity was such that I didn't have time to do all the things that week mm-hmm. i had to make a decision of what what is the highest need right now um and not shame myself that i can't do everything um and uh that that was fine to be a healthier version of myself that week i would pick the thing that would get me in some ways the most bang for my buck <laughs> what do i need more than anything else yeah, I can totally relate. We just we just got back from vacation on Tuesday, and um, and you know I I signed up in the group for the the team run, you know, and and so I I we went to the mountains. I live in the flatlands, okay. Like it's we don't have a hill, so I'm like, okay, am I gonna get my mileage in? And then I was like, nope, because I'm not running hills with bears. <laughs> like, that was kind of the oh no. Um, but I, you know, so it was, it, it became a question of like, how, how do I care for myself? I've got five kids. Vacation is not always restful with five children who want to be fed and like have 80 snacks and need to go to the pool or whatever it is. And, um, and so, you know, the, for me last week, it was like, okay, I'm going to sit on the front porch every morning with my husband and drink a cup of coffee. And, um, I did yoga twice, which was fine and good because I was, the bed was awful. And, um, (laughs) you know, and then we, we actually went and stayed with some really good friends from a a former appointment. We self-care was not going to my former appointment for Sunday morning worship, right. Mm -hmm. So that we could be a family. It was, um, spending time sitting on their back porch, just watching our kids play. And, 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 and I could feel guilty for not running or doing those other things or drinking too much coffee or even one day switching from coffee to alcoholic drinks, you know, at noon, right? Like, but that's, that's a part, like, you're right. Like making the decision, this is what's going to care for me now and not holding guilt on that and saying, okay, tomorrow's a new day and it's going to require new things um, or different things. And so it, yeah, go ahead. One more thing that I was going to say is that, um, I don't know if y'all have heard of uh, sanctuary mental health ministries um, and they focus lots on mental health and some of their postings are just so helpful about how to understand mental health. And they uh, posted something and shared something earlier that said self care is any activity that we do deliberately in Mm -hmm. order to take care of our mental emotional and physical health. And that just really resonated with me because exactly what we're saying is making deliberate choices 
um, to best care for ourselves. And maybe that's why, uh, that's how self and soul care are deeply intertwined that it doesn't matter what first word we use self-care soul care it's a venn diagram they're overlapping we need to think about all the components as part of it but the end goal is being deliberate about how what decisions we're making yeah so if and and i love this because then it begs the question in my mind and for those of us who have conceptualize self-care and are continuing to grow in how we practice it you know there may be someone listening to this podcast who is in that situation like we were talking about a few minutes ago of just like paralysis by indecision like what do i do mm-hmm. so i mean what kind of, i mean i i often think like well I might ask like, how are you doing? But then like the person may be like so flabbergasted that either they don't give like a real answer and they maybe just shrug it off and say, oh, I'm good. Or they just unload everything. And then it really becomes, well, where do we start? And so I guess maybe the question, like one of the things that's that's sitting in the back of my mind is like, how do we start that? Like, how do we start self-care? How do we start caring for ourselves and for our soul? I think it's helpful to break it down into categories um, of types of things that we need. Um, So physical, emotional, or mental, however you want to think about that. Social, um, all your relationships. Spiritual. um, So those are the four that I often name. Uh, Some people have added uh, financial to that, which is not as much like living in your body and being um but finances impact so much of our individual life and ability to access things uh experience of security uh and our relationships and so i can see how that's an additional component that some people add but that kind of categor- categorical checklist might be a helpful way for somebody that says, where do I start? They can ask about those specific things and use that as a starting point. Yeah. Can you, can you just say those one more time? Physical, uh, emotional or mental, however you want to name that social, Mm -hmm. spiritual. And again, some people add the financial category. I'm going to clip that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I think you were going to say something next. Well, I was just going to say one other category. Well, I use that sacred ordinary days calendar and they, they break it down that way. So you look at that weekly and like, how am I doing in these places? They also add home. Um, mm. One thing I've learned, I am not a neat person. You can see my office to some extent. Here. <laughs> um, I'm not a neat person. And um, my husband is crazy. Like everything has a place. Everything has order. He's very disciplined. Um, we just had an addition put on our house and our house was out of order for like five months. And I found myself um, mentally struggling in the house because it was so, and I realized like, when my home is, I, it's such a gift that he's so good at that, that when my home's out of order, you know, so I think home can be a place, um, you know, of check into. But I also thought a question maybe I, um, I find myself asking at times is what would, what would make me feel joyful? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what could bring joy because I think joy is joy and peace are things that we lack when we're when we're unhealthy and um and so sometimes that for me has even been things that are outside of our typical categories of like nutrition uh exercise scripture it may be like um for me it's like cross stitch or like doing something creative right so self-care can also be a you know, a place where we find creativity or something, you know, maybe it's fishing or I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of things, but um, it might look different than what we see maybe on our Facebook group. Yeah. I think I've been, I've been wrestling with a lot of that lately and I, I, I'm sure listeners have kind of heard it a lot in the podcast is I think when the podcast first started, I really wanted to have a podcast about like physical activity um, because I love physical activity. And then I quickly started to realize that the much more needed space was in that holistic nature of self-care and that the physical activity plays just like a small role in it. Um, and which is why, you know, I've changed those introductory. It's like, how are you like actively, like not, not running, biking or cycling, but how are you like intentionally caring for yourself? Uh, and, and that's like a turn that I've made just in the podcast. Uh, and I, I, my wife has not my wife. Um, one of my running friends asked me, he's like, well, how do you justify, like, keep calling it active faith? I'm like, well, active as an in intentional that, that we have mm -hmm. to, that this is an action that we are taking. Um, and I know in the, I mean, in our current political climate, there's, there's this big discussion about passivity versus activeness. Like, when, when are you, when are you kind of passive and, and doing stuff and when do you need to take action and actually get something done? And I think when it comes to self-care, that's something that like, we need to actively take part in that I, I, I'll be bold enough to say, I don't think there is a passive form of self-care because all self-care involves us doing something and taking the action to do it. Um, so for those of you who've been listening for a while, that's, Maybe the change that you've seen, especially in the last like five or six episodes, is yes, there's still like a lot of physical activity. I'm sorry, I can't get away from it. It literally defines my life. I've tried. There's nothing else that I like to do. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but to say like no, but self care is much more than that. Self care takes up this whole understanding of our lives. Um, I do think that there's active choices yeah it's really important to keep in mind that we are always making choices um i want us to hopefully make them actively mm -hmm. and uh ignoring things uh is our passive way of still making choices yeah and so thinking about how am i going to take charge of this. And I loved Sarah, you talking about what brings me joy uh, and really thinking about things that make you joyful. Um, and because I think that self-care often swings one way or another, it's either all things that make us happy uh, mm -hmm. and joyful is really a better word than happy, but we have often used the word happy or uh it gets so hard about uh, very fixated on like, what am I very regimented? What Discipline. am I supposed to do? Discipline. And that self-care or soul care 
is sometimes things that are really fun and bring us a lot of joy. And sometimes they are things like, you know, taking medication every day because you're supposed to Praise is, the Lord. and remembering to do it is yeah. not always the most fun. Um, that is the one. <laughs> remembering is the key word. <laughs> remembering, uh, remembering is the key word. <laughs> yeah. And, and things like that are not always the most fun. It is not the most fun to say, no, we're not going to go out and do this really fun thing because I have a whole stack of laundry and my house is a disaster and it is really impacting my mental health. Uh, but I'd rather do that fun thing. Self-care is saying we, I understand, but you will be better in the long run choosing the thing that doesn't sound as fun, but will make you a healthier version of you. Yeah. And so I, I, I maybe want to flip over to the other end of self-care of, what happens when we don't practice self-care? Because I, I, I think I, well, I don't think, but I'd really like you two to kind of weigh in on, on this nature as well. When we don't practice self-care and what that leads to. And as we're coming to grips with terms and understandings in this world, in this community, in this theology of really exploring burnout. Because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about this nature of self-care about soul care. We've talked about the holistic nature. We've broken it down and broken it out. But then there becomes that rhythmic understanding of how we practice self-care so that we don't fall back into what would feel like unhealthy practices. And so when we begin to think about burnout, what is how do you how do you understand that? How can we begin to do that self-service inventory? of recognizing when we're burnt out or when we're on the verge of burnout. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, this me, is one I of those think... Pandora boxes that it's like, we're oh, both no, yeah, looking yeah, yeah, like, yeah. how do we even this open the conversation about episode, burnout? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I- you know, I, I do think like it's when I'm not checking in on myself that I find myself in bad places, like mm-hmm. harder places. Um, when I, you know, I, I shared in the first episode, I've had weight loss surgery. Um, it's when I don't weigh myself every day that I find it's going on the upward swing, right? And not in like a unhealthy shame way, but like I'm checking in to see how I'm doing um, on things. And, um, you know, I don't know, like what does it, I mean, we can all define burnout by what we've seen or what we've experienced. Um, but I do think it comes back to that, that place I said earlier is I, we have to start with our identity as I am already beloved and enough. Mm. God has already called me a child, you know, um, and, you know, and, and I don't need to achieve and be perfect at everything. Um, and when I have failed, I, I can stand up tomorrow and try again. Um, I don't know if that answered your question at all. I think burnout is uh, when we are exhausted and no longer experiencing any sort of uh, enjoyment or joy in participating in um, specifically a lot of times in work related activities. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Work. If we're honest as human beings, 
work is not always fun every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sorry to break it to some of y'all that <laughs> if you think that we're supposed to love every moment, I have not met somebody that has enjoyed every single task. Um, but I think burnout is when there's, it starts building almost a form of resentment, inability to move forward, um, and exhaustion in all of that. Uh, I think we've started using the word burnout in all parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're often using that kind of as a code word for exhaustion. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if that's actually like clinical burnout. Yeah. Uh, that we could talk about that and people's different ideas of it. But really what we're saying is I am exhausted, worn out. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know even where to start to care for myself. And I think when we talk about burnout, I I mean, I I try and be careful about associating it primarily with my vocation and finding ways within my vocation to reassess the joy. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll tell people, like, I love being a pastor, um, but... Sometimes I hate that it's my job. Um, Hmm. You know, I don't think, and I'm sure the two of you can um, probably attest to this as well. I don't, I don't think I'll ever have the same experience of church ever Mm -hmm. again. Um, You know, if I move on to another church or if I move out of the local church, when I retire, there's no way that I could just have a regular relationship with a local church. Um, and I think sometimes when we try and make our vocation like prettier uh, than it seems, uh, we often fall into those traps more regularly. Uh, I think for me, when I start looking at burnout, it's those times where I have tried to only see like, the roses of my vocation. I think especially during the pandemic, uh, one of the joys that I got was like how much I could go digital during the pandemic. Um, Not because I don't like, I mean, I love being around people, uh, but I also know that the church has been in a place for a while now where uh, it's needed to be digital. Uh, And I think that that was helpful for the pandemic that the church learned how to be digital and has learned how to utilize digital means to communicate with the world. Um, but then I noticed myself just being like, this is terrible. (laughs) Um, you know, preparing worship every week, recording all the parts, editing it together, getting it ready to go out on Sunday morning. Um, and for those of you listening on this audio medium, Sarah just completely tensed up. <laughs> uh, and every pastor did too. Um, and, and I think about burnout is maybe when we lose that sense of joy in something that we've always loved. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've always loved being a pastor, but there have been times during this pandemic, especially that I've just been like, this is awful. Like, um, and I'm sure, and, and it's led to a lot of rates of, of pastors leaving. I mean, even outside of the church, it's just led to people leaving. You hear people who have loved their jobs for years, for decades. And they're just like, nope, I, I don't, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, 
And my mind always wonders if there is if there's a way to prevent it. Like I wish we could be more proactive as a society um, to 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 make these kinds of things important and maybe lessen the blow. But I don't know that that's the correct answer. That would require think- us checking in a lot more and resting more. Um, and I mean, if we talked to lots of people early in the pandemic, it was the first time that they had paused uh, from all the outside activities. And and so I'll say for all of my friends with young kids at home, I'm sure that that, that was not a pause to you. At the same time, what did pause was like you were no longer driving around to 800 uh, extracurriculars where you had to be three places and only had two drivers and were losing your mind. Um, That there were parts that paused during all of that. And um, I think it taught us a lot when we incorporated a little more rest. And I know I talked to a lot of people that when we moved out of that and started going back into our previous pace Mm -hmm. uh, that that's when a lot of burnout seemed to spike uh, because people realized that they could no longer maintain a pace that had been unhealthy previously. Um, And uh, they kind of started trying to figure out what they could give up Mm -hmm. Um, or they tried to do it all. And then, uh, burn themselves out because they didn't have that kind of capacity and they ran their battery on low for too long. I, I think, and this may be from my own perspective, my own personality, but I think that um, burnout requires, I mean, to avoid burnout requires an honesty um, and authenticity like not just with ourselves, right? We have to also be honest because I think I can easily be like, okay, what do I need today? I'm fine. I can just keep going at this pace, right? Like we can we can tell ourselves a lot of things and believe them fairly easily. Um, but I also think we, you were talking about uh, a little bit about our vocation and not wanting to pretty it up, but it's really easy to pretty it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to do all the things publicly that look great and be really struggling um, and never say a word to anyone. And so mm-hmm. um, sometimes I have different boundaries than some of our colleagues with my laity, which may or may not be good. I don't have great, great boundaries, but I'm pretty darn honest with my lay folk who care, for, who are trust, you know, I can trust and and say like, they say, how's it going? Well, I'm really struggling with this and this. Mm-hmm. And so that they can support me and give me space when I need it. Um, and, and ask me when I, maybe I need to step up in an area to actually be able to have that conversation in a realistic way. And I, I think we have to have trusted people around us that we can be honest with. Um, I, I have found myself in a, a clergy women's accountability group that I meet with weekly now. And uh, we, we meet online, which I'd rather meet in person, but yeah. that's just my jam. Um, but we, and we say like, where, how are you and what do you need and how are you, where are you struggling and how can I support you and pray for you? Um, I also have a, a accountability partner that I meet with weekly mm-hmm. to pray with. And we need to have those places, safe places in place um, that we can be honest and real. Cause it's easy to pretend. 
Yeah. Especially in the social digital world we live in. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, it's so easy. Um, And I mean, that's something that I've been like, this has been just absolutely, I'll call it an interesting week, (laughs) to say the least. Um, You know, we've, we've had COVID going around, not in our house, in our church. We've had all sorts of stuff. We're getting ready for VBS. I'm getting ready for vacation. And, you know, myself, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling too great. And, you know, my running has been down just because I haven't been feeling well. And because it's like a thousand degrees and feels like a swamp. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't do well in swamps. Um, if my coach is listening to this, he'll get tired of me complaining about it. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, how are we carrying, like, all right, cool. I need to stop and breathe, right? I just need to like, it's okay. Um, and, and, and I think that's been one of the things that's been able to get me through it is like, all right, let's just stop. Let's pause. Um, you know, uh, Sarah and I are supposed to have a clergy meeting with our new DS tonight. And I flat out told him that I wasn't going to be there. I'm like, nope, sorry. This is the only night of the week I have to spend with my family. Um, and I'm glad that I did that because had I had to jump on a pastor call at seven o'clock tonight, I think it just might've like probably thrown me into a spiral. Yeah. Um, being intentional with those kinds of things, I think becomes important. I realized that one of the things that we're kind of saying is that self care or soul care, whatever word resonates better with you, um, is really involving a component of Mm -hmm. self-compassion. How am I kind to myself and loving towards myself? Um, And not just what feels like a quick fix, feel good, loving, uh, but what is really the most loving thing to do for myself? And that will look different for each person. Sarah, I know you were sharing earlier about uh, your weight loss journey and what keeps you feeling healthy and um, for you. And one of the components you said was like stepping on the scale and weighing Mm -hmm. yourself. For other individuals, that may be a terrible way to try to care for yourself and practice self-compassion. It Mm -hmm. Um, I know for other people that have had different struggles that the better form of self-compassion was, is some intuitive eating and going, do my clothes fit today? And if they do not fit well, can I be kind enough to myself to say, okay, why don't I go buy the bigger pair of pants? Because be we do not need to punish ourselves up to a point. And all of this shows how interconnected this all is because it's not just, you can't just take it out in a silo of uh, weight looks one certain way and our body looks one certain way. What is driving some of this? What is our internal self-talk that's happening in these moments? And so finding forms of self-compassion um, if anybody wants to practice self-compassion, uh, Dr. Kristen Neff wrote about it. Um, you can Google a lot of self-compassion meditations. Um, it's a great way to start of how to love yourself well, how to 
embrace where you're at and be kind to your present self and dream and hope for something different and how to do all this towards other people. Yeah. And on that note, you know, I mean, there, like we've said, there are so many rabbit holes, Pandora boxes that we can go down. Um, I want to be aware of our time as we approach that, that one hour mark uh, here, here on the podcast. Um, And I would like to invite you two back on and continue more conversation. I mean, this is great. And, and it's and it's a direction that I'm enjoying taking uh, for the reasons that I said at the beginning of this episode is, you know, we've I've spent so much of the time on this podcast really just having conversations about folks' journeys, um, you know, two of which you're hearing, you've, heard, you've already heard the journeys of both of these uh, fine women here on the podcast today. Uh, and and now we're taking an opportunity to really dive into to what is behind those those understandings those ideas those terms um, and I mean we've we've barely scratched the surface of of where that goes but helping to build this theology uh, of self care I mean as we learned what it just means like Lindsay just said to have self compassion um, to be kind to ourselves as as we try and figure out what it means to be a healthy person in all those ways that we've listed through the episode. Um, so I want to thank you two ladies for coming on. Uh, it was wonderful having you all. Uh, thank you so much. So these episodes have been really fun in that they've allowed me to learn, to reflect, to understand a little bit more this, this space that that I've come into, that I've started occupying myself uh, because I wanted to learn more. You know, we you heard in the episode, uh, you've heard from Sarah, you heard from Lindsay, you heard from Glenn last week. You know, this is not just something that I am bringing up because I feel like it, because I, I, I want anything from it. You know, I'm wrestling with a lot of these concepts and ideas right alongside of many of you listeners. And so this kind of conversation with Lindsay and Sarah, in which the three of us really unpack and wrestle with these ideas together, uh, and especially with uh, just the wealth of knowledge that both of these ladies brought to this conversation was amazing. And I enjoyed having it. I know I learned a lot just myself of, of what I'm taking from this, namely a lot of those things that Lindsay talked about when she talked about those different areas, and then the other ones that Sarah added on there after afterwards, those areas of the, the physical, the emotional, mental, uh, the social, uh, the financial, the spiritual, and then even into where Sarah brought it in with the home, you know, those who are around you and, and, and those places. And reflecting on those, it, it, it honestly makes it feel a little bit easier. You know, for me, whenever I look at a big picture, sometimes you look at the big picture and you almost become overwhelmed. And really being able to break it down into those categories helps me to begin to think and say, okay, this is maybe how I want to tackle my emotional. This is how I want to begin to tackle my spiritual in terms of how I'm caring for myself and for my soul in a holistic manner. And so I hope as we have all wrestled with these terms that we could, that we begin to see the way in which they become broken down. Uh, and then that final point, the, the, the manner of self-compassion that we have for ourselves, because friends, this is not going to be an easy journey. I wish I could sit here uh, behind this microphone and say that, you know, this is going to be the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. But I feel like that would be a disservice to you all as, as you all are, are trying to think about what self-care looks like. And so, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. 
And I can say that confidently. It will be worth it. Uh, because caring for yourself is one of the greatest things that we can do and the first greatest step that we can take to helping to care for others. Um, so I want to thank you for listening. I'm going to include uh, a lot of that stuff in the sermon notes that we talked about during the episode. Uh, so I'll have the, the link to Chris, Dr. Kristen Neff's stuff that, uh, that, that Lindsay mentioned there at the end, um, as well as their social media information repeated from, from the previous episodes they were on. I want to make sure uh, that you check out those notes and join us on our Active Faith community on Facebook. As you, can, as you heard in the episode, there's this shift in the way, uh, not that I'm treating this community. I love seeing those active accomplishments that people have, but, but I really like love seeing just people caring for themselves in whatever way, shape, or form that that takes. And so how are you caring for yourself? I want that to be a question that is posted within that group as, as people put up posts and stuff like that. So be sure to go check us out over there. Join our community. Uh, take part in learning and growing uh, and being a part of that community. Um, and then I would love it if you would support this podcast. You can support this podcast by following or subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, if, if you would be so generous as to give us a rating or a review over there. We haven't gotten a, a, a rating or review in a while. And so uh, head on over there, you know, drop us a review. Let us know what you're loving about this podcast. And, and that helps me to grow because it helps me to know and understand what kind of stuff you guys are looking for. And so if you go over there, if you leave us a rating or review, Apple Podcast, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcast, you can still leave a review there. Um, and, then if, and then also I have a Patreon page. If you would love to support with monetary donations to this effort, to this ministry, please head on over to that Patreon page, patreon.com slash run and rev. Uh, and help out, help with some of the back-end stuff that helps me to make this podcast happen. And then lastly, and, and really probably one of the easier things, just share it with a friend. Let a friend know that this is here, uh, that this community exists, that, uh, that, that they're worthy to care for themselves. Uh, and, and as we continue to grow this community and reach out and love, let us remember those things. And now may God bless each of us, and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen. Amen.